Yeah, man. Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 20-1. And yeah, it's Christy's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Chris, Rob's wife's birthday is three days or four days ago. Four days ago today. Yes. She's four days old. <laughs> that's the, that actually makes more questions than No, yeah, we just start over. <laughs> that's what we do. Oh, I see. Yeah, we that just, now makes sense. See, I, unlike unlike most people, I count down. So you have Benjamin <laughs> Button's logic disease. Yeah, I just I just count down. <laughs> it's not the final though. Wait a minute, I'm six weeks though. Damn it! <laughs> you almost time with. This is a video game music podcast where we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations, and we just talk about a bunch of other stuff too. That is very much true. So you've been playing more Pump It Up, more more dance games, huh? Yes, I don't know what I'm doing. I think it's great. But I've been surprisingly more active because I've been going to the gym and mm-hmm. exercising and such. And I need to get more weight training in, but the place I go doesn't really specialize in that. No, it's like cardio hit. Yeah, cardio with a few punches and kicks and some weights. So I haven't been able to engage as much as I would like there. So... I've been thinking, you know, well, I would like to lose more weight, and I'm not losing it fast enough. This is frustrating me. So one day on a whim, I went to the arcade and played Pump It Up for the first time in a very long time for an extended amount of time. And I realized something, which is that I could have fun for an hour and a half, burn 2,500 calories, (laughs) compared to going to the gym for an hour and burning 700. Mm-hmm. No brainer there. Yeah. What to do? So, well, like, like the gym, the more you improve, the less calories you're going to burn because the better you get, you're going to be using less calories. So you have to keep pushing the levels higher, higher and higher and higher and higher. That just means my difficulty levels will get higher. That's yeah. All. Fortunately, pump it up. It goes it goes insanely high. Like there's there's no limit. Oh, that is true. Heck, yesterday I was trying to play, and I literally fell. I was like, whoop, done. I'm done now. Yeah. But um, I have been getting surprisingly better. Mm. So when I saw I that. You got, you got triple S on one. Yeah. And I'm actually to the point now where I am doing levels that I used to do when I was 20 years younger. So I am much stronger. Well, I won't say much stronger because I'm still stupid out of shape. But I am in much better shape now than I was back then, which says a lot. Then I'm hoping I can actually pull off more. It's, it's an interesting, nice thing to attempt. So, but I'm happy to do So Now I've been rotating between round one and nine round. One round <laughs> and nine round. Over and over and over again. It gets expensive, though, because... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's because you're... Uh, well, round one. I almost said one round has... Um, I'm just going to eat this ice cream in front of you. Yeah, that's just very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah they have um it was like i bought the 56 dollar package where it's like 56 dollars for their gold membership and then 50 dollars in credits and they give you an extra 45 dollars in credits and i'm already about halfway through that credit load my god just open the ice cream <laughs> i'm trying man I'm he trying. got he has an ice cream cup here here here, 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 here i am talking about how eating sucks Mm. And I'm tired. He's like, I got an ice cream parfait here with more sprinkles mm. than God meant for man to have true. on one parfait. Mm. And he is like going to town on this thing. 
All but right. he was having difficulties removing the lid, so that added some humor to the, the entire interaction. <laughs> I felt like a little. I felt like a child. <laughs> and a ch- <laughs> child lock on your ice cream. Oh, my ice cream, yeah. My Sunday is too hard mm. to open. So- I need an adult. Wait, I'm, I'm an adult. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me do this. Well, this is melted, so that fits our theme today, which if you looked at the title of the podcast is... Slime Town. Good. I'm glad we... Uh, I'm glad I, I remembered the, the topic correctly. Yeah, I was wondering if you did. And I was I'm like, I'm going to show doing... up with my list. And he's like, uh, I got all my grapefruit topics, just like you said, yep, Pernell. Grapefruit didn't... songs. I didn't spend my whole week looking at PlayStation RPGs. Not at all. Yes. All right. My first track is from the game Slime Man. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes a little something like this. Gloopy McGoops. Yeah, I don't know. Gloops McStop Slot. I, I, I had a hard time with this one. I believe it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I had to, like, really dig in, dig down into slimy specific tracks or slimy <laughs> specific games. That was part of the joke because when I was like, we should do this topic, I picked my tracks weeks ago. I feel like like you like I want to pick this topic because like I already know what I'm doing. That's right. Yeah. I had it already established, and I was like, I'm just gonna now's the time to throw it out there. It gives me a break for a week, and Rob gets to chase songs, <laughs> and it worked out pretty well. It's true. It's true. I am curious to see what you came up with though. I got this. Ah, so you're gonna like bring out the bangers in the, for the episodes. Like, oh, Rob, that 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 track oh, from like I Magic Muppet stuff. Man is the best track ever. I got some good stuff. Some stuff I didn't realize existed on like um some older consoles, but um, I I'm, you know what? I don't know what you're gonna pick. I have an idea, but then we might have a crossover game. So I am gonna ask though. Gotta get out the way. Yeah. So months almost over. Did you get to any of the Shadow of the Colossus? Or Last Guardian. Okay. I've, which, for the record, I before you even answer up, the question, is his cousin, <laughs> or his cousin actually loaned him a copy of The Last Guardian to play because she knew it was the game of the month and she happened mm. to have access to it. I can't talk But every time no. I show up over I, here, I can't talk. he's playing Blitzball. My, my mouth is full of ice cream. Now, but mm. you're talking right now. <laughs> okay. We borrowed it two weeks ago. And um, I've been waiting for some time to play it with Christy. We okay. want to play it together. Okay. We haven't had that time yet. Okay. Which is why when I'm alone, I'm play, playing Blitzball. I'm playing the one game I can play forever. It is, and he's not. You're not exaggerating. It really is the game you will play forever. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. But it's also true. <laughs> it's so true. Um, I just gotta figure that game out. What game? Blitzball. <laughs> Mercy. Um, that's yeah, just that's, Waka getting shelled. So, no. So, this might be my game of the next month from the prior month, is all I'm saying. is You might be like, hey, everybody, we're going to play Akari Warriors. And I'm like, sorry, guys. Um, I'm playing um, Last Guardian, finally. I've, I've already decided what next month's game's going to be. So oh, that's it'll, good. It'll be interesting. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm excited about that, then. I'm excited. To, you know what it is? I'm excited to hear about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I pretty much, I pretty much already figured out this uh, next month's game in probably November. So it's just a matter of lining it up and racking them down. Hmm. This is not a good idea. No, it is now. If I got to suffer, you can get a brain freeze. Let's do this thing. All right. Um. So slime time. We want to talk about slimy tracks or slimy games. Yes. All right. Well, then, what's your first track? <laughs> yes. So, what's the first track? So I can get a I can get a, a read on what you're doing. Oh, there's no read. 
just confusion. Okay. My first track is going to be from a game that's pretty familiar with pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, this track comes from the game Cuphead, oh. and the track is titled Ruse of an Ooze, and is composed <laughs> by Christopher Madigan, or Madigan, or Madigan. I Mad- love, I love the, the, the titles of the tracks in Cuphead are amazing. They're I so agree. funny, yeah. They definitely carry the, the old-timey theme that they were gunning for when they composed it all. Yeah, they did a good job on Cuphead. <laughs> Let's go to the track. <laughs>
You just listened to Ruse of an Ooze from the game Cuphead, composed by Christopher Madigan. And funny mm. enough, that track is... Pr- I never even realized it. That track is honestly longer than it takes for me to actually beat the guy. So... The boss in question that this track refers This is only boss music. Yeah, it's oh, only one boss's music. Oh, that makes sense that there's an ending then, because it's probably, like, if you were just to let it go, it's like in a shoot-em-up. If you were just to let it go, um, it's, on, it's on its own cycle, and it's timed. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, like, if you don't win before that time's up, there's no, like, countdown to where it'll just stop the fight or anything. Right. It'll just probably re-loop it. But, like, basically, this boss's name is, like, Goopy Legrand, and he's a slime. Or hmm. glop. I don't know what he is. I'm assuming he's a slime, but he's like a boxing slime monster. <laughs> and it's interesting in that it's it's almost a testament to how much character this game has in that they could take the most basic slime and give it a ton of personality. Mm-hmm. Goopy Legrand has this like confident sneer on his face. He's throwing like long jabs at you. Oh, and he's cool. like jumping and trying to splat on top of you. And then when you actually beat him, his tombstone tries to kill you. Like, he's already dead, and his tombstone's like, I'm going to crush you somehow. And it, it, it's just so bizarre, yet so fun. This game, like, oozes style. Yes, like, it all does. all over. It just, just slops all over the paint. Yeah, it's just it's goopy style. And actually, it's really bendy. Like, everyone, like, has got that kind of, like, noodly kind of arms and legs. And as I love it. Like, it just, it just lends itself to, like, that style of, like, classic cartoon. Every, every character exudes that. Yeah. It's... I think it's. I'm glad, so glad they picked this because I know this is one of those games where a lot of people will never play it. Not because it's a bad game, because it's definitely not, but just because it's known for being difficult. Yes. And a lot of people will shy away from difficult. It's got that kind of contra difficulty, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, there's an easy mode that you can play, mm-hmm. and they kind of borderline let you sleep through the bosses on there. But the problem is, if you do easy mode. I can't remember whether it's the last island that's blocked or um, uh, King Dice, but basically there are bosses that you cannot access and you can't beat the game. That makes sense because, easy like, if it, they're going to make it easy, then like these these other like end game scenarios that are probably really difficult you can't get to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to get to see these really difficult things, you're going to have to be able to. to could uh, be up for that challenge. And this game is definitely mm. challenging. Like, I'm sure there's folks out there that pretty much played this game in their sleep, but I am not one of I those guys. I have a feeling uh, one of our listeners, Daniel Lawton, is probably oh, he, stupid good at this game. He probably broke this game like, five ways to Sunday. Yeah, yeah, this is, seems to be his style. And if he hasn't, yeah. then he needs to take a crack at it because Cuphead is totally worth a person's time. Like, even the game is primarily boss fights with the occasional, like, running gun for the purpose of collecting mm. coins or whatever, but it's... Yeah. It's just so fun to see these bosses in action. And even though you're going to die a lot trying to read their patterns and understand the secret to beating them and, of course, choosing the proper weapon loadout, which, by the way, is typically the roundabout and the spread. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I'm fine with that statement. Um, you're likely trying to look for this perfect loadout of gear and the b- boss patterns. And then when you figure all that out, you still have to suffer through it all. It's painful but ever, so good do you ever feel like after you've had a big cup of coffee you can just run around and just like attack your day like the cuphead guys that um, fight these bosses i wish i could i can honestly tell you my i, I do have an imagination that just outright just screams like i'm gonna run down this hill <laughs> jump across jump <laughs> jump across traffic and grab this car and sketch downward now leap off and chase after this kidnapper i can do it baby i got the power 
And that's kind of the funniest thing of all. Like when you get into this, like, this workout motif, there's weird motivations that come into play there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I have some. But then the one that I think is most interesting to proclaim, aside from all the other random junk, is that there's just like this goofy element that just says, but what if I witness someone being kidnapped one day <laughs> and I have to do something, but I'm too fat? Well, I mean, we live in such a safe city. Of course... Nothing bad will ever happen. Oh, that's a lie. That's exactly. So I'm saying, like, it's not the worst thing in the world to feel like you want to have some kind of uh, uh, control over these types of situations. You know, there was the one thing years ago with the the the, the at first what do you say on the show? But like, yeah, that that the, the sexual assault I stopped. And that yeah. could have been bad mm-hmm. if the guy was like, I'm going to run or hit you with oh, this I know. baseball right, right, bat. Right. You were like, I'm just going to make myself big. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And it's like, so the thought of being able to say, what if a scenario occurs like mm-hmm. that again yeah. or worse? And it's like, only you can do something. But you ate that Malamar earlier. So now you're just kind of rolling down the hill after the guy. Well, for me, like, like I, wanted to, I wanted to figure out how to do pull-ups really bad after watching the movie Vertigo. Why Vertigo? Because at the opening movie, it is um, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart, right? And Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart. I, I've never seen Vertigo. So John Stewart? It could be John, Jimmy, Jingleheimer, Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. It's Jimmy Stewart. It's, um, anyway, so um, <laughs> Jimmy, Stewart. Jimmy Stewart, he's a detective, and there's a policeman, and they're chasing um, a bad guy from rooftop to rooftop. Okay. And he he he's jumping over um, from one roof to the next, and he barely makes it. Oh, and he's hanging on by like one hand. Oh yeah, and then like I think the policeman also like he follows him, but like falls, mm-hmm. and then like that's where his fear of heights starts. And the whole movie's about is vertigo, right? He's he's terrible, not vertigo, but like he's terrified. You're falling. From he's high. terrified of heights. Yeah, but um, but seeing that and being like, oh my god, that is so scary to be trapped in a situation like that. What if you can't do a pull up? What if you can't hoist yourself up and out your of a life situation like that? And it. your life depended on it. So yeah. Now I can do 10 in a row, and I'm really proud of that. <laughs> See, and it's amazing because I would love to be able to do a pull-up, but my it's entire ter- life, from childhood up even, mm-hmm. pull-ups have always been my scourge. It, it's it's probably, like, out of all the body weight exercises, the most challenging because you have to, you're pulling up all of your body weight mm-hmm. with just your, like, shoulders and your, your lats. I would also state that rope climbing without knots yeah. is also because they made us do the rope climb at school very high ceiling. We're talking like if you fell, you would probably die. And yet they still had us climb that high. We never and did that. And there were no knots. Oh, wow. We, we, we never had that. I don't know why. Like I was always like our biggest thing was like, oh, we're going to play floor hockey. And I was like. I would have been happy with that. I know, it was fun. But like. We Kid, man, the physical day was the most embarrassing aspect of gym class. Mm-hmm. It was basically every kid going in. And the weak kids knowing they couldn't pull off the moves with all the girls watching them. And it's like, all right, Purdell Vaughn, push-ups. I'm like, my arm. Oh, my arm. Like, just get out there and do it. Like, I'm very large. Could we just, could you just write five? Just cut me some slack and you make me do it. I'm like, oh, you mean the, the presidential physical fitness thing? I guess it was president. It's not like every year that they made us do physicals, like just to denote how how healthy the kids were. Yeah, that was that was the presidential physical fitness test that was created. I want to say it was created by Bill Clinton, which is amazing, which is really funny when you think about it. Oh yeah, because that joker ain't healthy. Wasn't healthy back then. No, no, he's healthy now. No, he's not. He, he looks healthier. He's got all. He's got healthy wandering eye. That's about the best he's pulled. I mean, I mean he, wise. Well, he looks fitter. Well, because he's old. <laughs> he's just got thin. He doesn't oh eat much. Oh my god. 
All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, slime. Don't play the sax though. All right, slimes. Yeah, Bill Clinton might be slimy, but um, goos. Yeah, there might be some goo in that saxophone. Saxophone. Uh, um, I- I've realized it usually means like scary boss, but really fun music. Really, in games like a lot of it is. So this track is from the game Super Putty oh! for the Super Nintendo. You know this game? Maybe. That sound that you made. Maybe. <laughs> you run around as a ball of putty. It's very slimy. Um, this is the main theme from the game. It is composed by Richard Joseph. listening to the main theme from the game Super Putty for the Super Nintendo composed by Richard Joseph okay <laughs> let's go this is a really good track There's so much energy in it I know right it's crazy it's crazy how much energy is in this track so yes, it's like Super Play was more like just a track. He was like, I was just looking for like slime games. Like this is totally one that would qualify. Yeah, I was, I was like, what kind of slimy games are there? And I, so I started back like on on the on the sixteen bit system. So I, I, I wanted to avoid uh, Buena's Blob, um, so I did. And I was like, oh, that's right. I remember seeing this game, and it was really cute. Yeah. And you're like, because like you're like this little ball, and you then you you bounce around. You have like these cute little eyeballs, and you have like, like these little punching bag, like punching gloves, and like mm-hmm. you punch people with it. And you stretch yourself. And you can stretch yourself around. It's so cute. Yeah. I never played or owned it, but this was like that game that I would always see in magazines or at the store, mm-hmm. and I wanted it, but never had it. And even when the emulation aspect became possible, I just never even bothered to emulate it. I just remembered it for what it was as that game I wanted to get, but never did. And then uh, for some really, really bizarre reason, 
the franchise got a revival on the PlayStation 4, of all things. But th- really? This game? Yeah, they, it was a game called Putty Squad. And I bought it blindly. I was just like, I have to buy it. It has to be in my house <laughs> because it's like it's almost like making up for lost time for young Purnell. No kidding. Adult Purnell has to own Putty Squad. So I bought Putty Squad and have never played it. Aww. Big shock. But I can remedy that. I can totally remedy that. Real soon. You make that your game of the month. It'll be the game of the month, Putty Squad. Everyone's got to play either uh, Super Putty or Putty Squad. <laughs> that or, or they have to build something in Putty. Just buy some Play-Doh. Yeah, buy some Play-Doh. But don't eat it. Eat it with your kids. Eat it with your, eat it with your kids. It's real food. Yeah, it's real food. Yeah, it's real if, food. You, if you imagine hard enough. Um, you can, like, push it through those little holes and it comes out like spaghetti. And for the record, that used to look very appetizing. Uh, well, I mean... Those ads were just cruel. With a little extra, like, you know, red sauce. Yeah, like, you get these uh, commercials like, or, I, have the, I have the Play-Doh, yeah. you know, breakfast nook Abbey. <laughs> and you like, these kids, like, making breakfast. I'm making scrambled eggs for mom and dad. Yeah. And they take the plate to the parents, and they're smiling into the camera. But deep down, they're like, I wish this was a real friggin' meal. There was, I'm so hungry. <laughs> there was, like, a time in the 90s where um, board games with... Um, uh, a Play-Doh or modeling clay pieces. Grape Escape. Yeah, Grape Escape. Yeah, um, like they were a big thing. Um, and my sister had them. We used to play them all the time. It was Grape Escape because, like, you would um, you would mold them, and then as you walked them around the board, there were sec there were sections where it's like, oh no, you're gonna get trapped in the thing, and like you squish them, or the knife would come down and cut it in half. Yeah, yeah, that was so much fun. And that's kind of morbid. Yeah, but what we would do is we would um, we would make our own people out of them. And so instead of like making using out of the mold, we would like make little like little animals and so stuff. So you make Mr. Bill. Yeah, essentially no! Mr. Bill. Oh no! Um, there was one called Splat, where it was like your little bugs going around. I do remember that. And then you had like a, a, a fly swatter. Yeah, a fly swatter, like a mallet, essentially. And you would just okay all the green squares, and you hit all the green squares, and you just smash all the bugs. It got so much pent up aggression out of children. It was fun. Like it was. I mean, it was like a dumb board game of like roll and move but it was just like having that element of smashing play-doh with your fingers you can't beat that no you can't in fact i give i will give children's games back in a ton of credit because in today's board game society you know as for the adults that are into board games everything is very strategic you know they have some wacky party games but Board games are much more in-depth and strategic than they used to yeah, be. Yeah, hey, you want to come over and play board games? Sure, that means we're going to spend one hour learning it. Yes. And then two hours yelling about it. it better believe it. <laughs> Which is awesome. But back in the day, they never really threw a lot of complicated gameplay mechanics, especially for children's games. But I feel like they actually took time with some of them. They weren't all just, okay, roll the dice, you landed in... Mansion Abbey, mm-hmm. you know, it was like you had games like, um, well, I just was thinking about like, like Topple, where you're like trying to like balance the board just right. You yeah. had Shark Attack, which was literally rolling move, but with the giant mechanical shark chasing you, it still felt tense. There were a few games like that too. There was one that was like, wasn't there really one like you wind up like a giant gorilla and the gorilla would chase you like an ape? I don't remember that one, but I bet it existed. Mm. Probably called Ape Out or something. Ape, ape Escape or. Like you just those, had- are, those are just two video games we named. <laughs> Eight bell for sure. Something like that. But no, there's there's a lot of them where it's like you would move your characters across a board and then you would wind up a thing that would spin around randomly and try to knock things off the board. Mm, I do remember that yeah. one. And meanwhile, you look at the games today for kids, it's like, flush the toilet. When the turd comes out, you got to catch it. Like, why would I play that as a child? Either? Yeah, I noticed there's a lot of the, yeah, a lot of those types of games in the mall where it's um, or like at Spencer's Gifts and stuff like that, where it's it all comes down to like push a button 
and you have like a one in six chance of having to do something really fast. Yeah. And I feel like those are games for kids and games for... Drunk adults. Drunk adults. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Because I would honestly play something like that while drunk. Only yeah. while drunk. But uh, Now, we did play the uh, the Tiny Hands game. Yeah, that's uh, hilarious. Which was really silly. Uh, there was no goo involved, unfortunately. No, no it was just a lot of like dumb challenges. Like, imagine just trying to pick up things with chopsticks and then, but like catching things after being bounced off the wall with chopsticks. It's, it was like that. It was just, it was kind of fun. Was I fun. do find it kind of funny that we're even discussing all of this during this track because if I remember correctly, there are like elements of Super Putty that involve like like nutcrackers and like oh, I bet. toys and stuff. Yeah, like yeah there, there's, a, there's a few uh, um, stages like that was called like Toyland and things like that. But like, they all have like this really weird sound to it. Like, like this, like this theme does where um, like every track in the game it sounds off key like really weirdly off key and there's like seven different instruments that should not go together <laughs> that are all playing at the same time but man do they work together yeah, well yeah it actually works really well in, in the context of a super silly game so anyway what's your uh, second track this track is from a game that I've wanted to play for a very long time mm. and, and again just never got around to it for some bizarre reason even though I did officially get it like in the last month or two um, but this track is called Those Awful Ravenous Rainbows, and it's from the game Slime Rancher, composed by Harry Mack. Disgusting Harry Mac and Cheese. <laughs> yeah. You, gotta, you just gotta refrigerate that. Yeah. You, you, that's, that's why we have that technology. Starts looking like caterpillars. Oh my gosh. Welcome back. You're listening to Those Awful Ravenous Rainbows from the game Slime Rancher, composed by Harry Mack. And that was a very hilarious run 
<laughs> I was trying to figure out where does the sound go. Yeah, the song has to loop, and it kind of does, but the instrumentation the instrumentation changes towards the end. Um, it gets wacky. But it gets a little wacky. Okay, I gotta say, there's like the, there's like a cello or some kind of like upright bass with a with a bow throughout this whole track. That's like whoa. It's so it? glorious. Like this isn't it's a track good. that someone's gonna play in a club or anything. This isn't a banger, but just from the scope of quality sound and composition mm-hmm. yeah this track is all of that it's, it's very subtle like like composition wise it's very subtle is there um based on the music is this like a platformer no, no. Now, here's the thing like from what i understand slime rancher is a 3d exploration game where you are a person who is using a weird slime gun to capture wild slimes mm-hmm. that are out in the world and bringing them to your slime ranch and putting them in cages and then crossbreeding them to make new species of slime and literally being a slime rancher. But it's cool in the sense that when I like how cute every freaking thing is, everything's so adorable. Everything's, got, the, everything's got those really tiny little eyes that are super far yes, apart. Yes, and yeah, the wacky I love black that. hole mouths. Yeah. And uh, the music is just glorious. Um the, all the aesthetics are just fantastic about this game. And I like the fact that it felt like someone played Dragon Quest at some point and said, Oh, we only have ten different slime types. Oh, we can beat that. Let's come up with some crystal slimes and rock <laughs> slimes and slime slimes and a slime that will stare at you funny and eat bubble gum while you're trying to capture it. Like, there's just a lot of weird slimes in this game. I feel like Final Fantasy was like, they, they took the slime idea, but instead they made a flan. I don't know. Slime... Was always more a uh, Dragon Questy thing, right? But I'm saying like, cause, cause, Final Fantasy was SquareSoft being like, we can do a, we can do a Dragon Quest game. Oh yeah, that's pretty much what their thing was. Yeah. And so they, and so instead of a slime, they made a flan. But have you ever heard of a flan that could take a bite out of you? you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I honestly do wonder if that's like a deep dark secret in Squares Office. I is like the flame was meant to parody the to be like a representation of the slime. I mean, the the flame was from the first Final Fantasy. Like they've been in all of them. Yeah, and, and, them. and their first game, they were they didn't have like they weren't like physically different. Though I guess they weren't really physically different in the original Dragon Quest either, except for like that one. No, because Dracky slime wasn't even in that game. So it was basically like red like flan. There was a like pink flan. Or maybe Pink Flan was originally in 4. Anyway, the point is, there were different colored flans to just upgrade for, like, higher, dun- diff- more difficult dungeons right, in the right. game. And then later on, they were, like, they were they were they denoted, like, different elements and things like that. And then you had a janitor flan for some reason in I, Final Fantasy XIII. Oh, I, I didn't play XIII. Janitor was like flan. A, a janitor flan. It was a janitor so flan. That was a giant slime trying to clean up the joint. Yeah, because you fought them in the sewers of a decadent city. Hmm. And they ran around with these like these helmets that like, like high alarms like rear 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 oh, mess detected. Okay, I love that. It was such a weird enemy, and since I didn't level up any of my guys, fighting them was a pain because all I could do was like five damage at a time <laughs> until I finally broke and said, "Give one guy the lowest rank fire spell and just spam it." <laughs> and that was what it took. Why weren't you leveling up your your? I hoard skill points. You were like, "Oh, skill points, it's great." Well, what if I need them later? In this game, I don't know what do I, I almost think it was just being stubborn because there were a few key bosses in the game where if you didn't use skill points, I think you were just not able to win. And I'm sure there's some guy on the internet just broke the game and did it, but I think he's cheated because yeah. like the first boss, I, there was a boss I fought where it's like, okay, you can't beat him because you need to have this specific spell 
which is his weakness, which makes him vulnerable to actual damage. And I tried for like 40 minutes to beat him without the spells. Like, I can't do it. I have to spend my skill points <laughs> now. And then there was like a giant, like one of the super bosses that wasn't actually the final boss, which is like a guy you have to fight. Like, he's supposed to be a normal enemy, but whatever. I had to fight him. And again, I needed to actually boost my defense up in a way that equipment couldn't do. I had to use like actual stat bumps. I was like, I don't want to spend my skill points. So again, I tried for like an hour. Couldn't win. I was like, fine, let's see what happens. So I spent, kid you not, like 30 minutes going through all my characters and just going, skill, 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 You waited how long to do this? That's funny. I did that with the with the sphere grid. I power leveled, I think, two of the characters using a trick. And then I was like, great. Now I've got like a hundred and some things to go through. Click, 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 click. It's very sad. That click. That Final Fantasy click is very satisfying. Oh yes, it is. When you hear when it's you like hear the sound, it's like you got a new thing. It's I'm like a chirp, you know. It's like bloop, bloop, bloop. it sounds like a crystal almost. Yeah, that's probably like, intentional. Bling, bling, bling. Um, all right, so my next track is going to be from the game Mister Slime. Jesse did have a game called Mister Slime. <laughs> yeah, from uh, it's for the Nintendo DS. It is a, uh, a platformer. Hmm. You are a slime. And this is a track called Probot City. And um, it's composed by the L2P team. I couldn't find the, the composer, but that, this is the name of the, uh, the, I think it's the sound engineers at the development studio. For the Nintendo, Nintendo DS, this is Monster Slime. listening to Probot City from the game Mr. Slime for the Nintendo DS. 
um, composed by the L2P team. Um, I chose this track because it has, it's on the DS, but it sounds like it sounds like an old school Amiga, like demo scene style song. You know, it's got it's it's very um, very old school, old school techno, old school hardcore like techno kind of sound. Um, it's very groovy. This song well, it's got a so does not sound like it belongs in this game. Yeah, so it's, this game was wrong. This is this isn't the game that's the um, the platformer. This is a game where you're like a little slime face. And you drag using the stylus from the face to like, like a bunch of pegs, like pegs on the, like on the walls or like I guess apples on a tree, and he hangs onto them. And you got like three arms that you can like slingshot yourself around. It's very weird looking. It looks, it, it's really cute. It Super is. cute. Yeah. It looks like fairly straightforward and simple. I will say, for some odd reason, it made me want to go back and play DK Jungle Climber. I don't remember that one. DK Jungle Climber was a DS game. Brutally hard DS game <laughs> where the primary focus was that you use the trigger buttons and Donkey Kong and Diddy eventually mm-hmm. you would be scaling these pegboard walls. So if you hold down, let's say the left trigger, you manipulate his left hand. If you hit the right trigger, you manipulate his right hand. If oh, you hold man. down one of the buttons on the peg, he'll just spin around on the peg. Oh, so cool, you cool. get you end up getting this motion, this, this rhythm where you're going left peg, right, right, right arm, peg. left arm, oh, right okay, arm. You're cool. climbing the walls and you're turning, you're dodging enemies. And there's certain forms you can kind of like slingshot yourself off the wall into enemies, like a, doing the, the Donkey Kong barrel roll bit. Oh, neat. It's that, a fantastic yet brutal game that doesn't get nearly enough love for that's, people. That's similar to the controls of um, that game my nephew was playing, I Am Bread. Where like you're just a you're like a you're like a rectangle, a piece of bread, but like your arms are essentially the corners of the bread, and so they're L1, R1, L2, R2, and you have to remember where they are so that you're holding onto one, you can swing it around to the next one, swing around to the next one, swing it around to the next one, but then like you get yourself out of whack, and then suddenly your left is your right, and and then suddenly I am bread and I am toast. You're toast. Yeah, well, they're trying to be toast. That's the goal. The goal. But of the not game, that kind of toast. Goal of the game is to get to the toaster. But it sounds like with the Donkey Kong ones, it's a little bit more intuitive of like kind of swinging around, right? Yeah, it's it starts out pretty easy because they give you tons of places to work with. Like, okay, there's a ton of wall. You can't possibly screw this up. Yeah. But you might want to click bananas. So get a little sneaky over there. Make sure you're precise to get to that stuff. But then Classic, later on, it's like yeah. you got one peg to grab. And you're flying through the air. It's like, I gotta time it. Grab the peg! And you're like, all right, now I'm spinning around. I gotta let go at just the right time. So I get flung forward. No, don't flick backwards. Now you're in the ocean. That it's- is classic Nintendo um, game design, where it's like, it's super simple, super easy. But on those early levels, they, they're, they're throwing like things for you to go for with no consequence. It's like, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be fun if you tried this? Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is learning the next mechanic that you need to learn to progress through the game. Yep, they're priming you yeah, for when it becomes you, required. It's really smart because you're because it because it still feels like you're just playing. You're just having fun. Like I think back on that, like just when I go and look at my DS cabinet, Nintendo was getting very experimental with the DS mm-hmm. on a number of their games. Usually first party stuff. I feel like it was very rare that a third party would have to be brave enough to say, let's make something weird with this stylus and two-screen mechanic. Yeah, But this, Nintendo, the, being the developers, like, we can do whatever we want. Well, this one is, was doing something very interesting with, with the, the, the touch screen. But, again, it was only, like, the, the top screen. Like, the touch screen was doing all the work. The top screen was just like, here's your score. Yeah, like, you're a slime, and there's a point. And there's, like, a bunch of orbs around, which I think it's indicated, like, did you click all the pickups in the level or something? Yeah. But... Not enough to be like, hey, man, 
we're going to do something real special yeah, with this DS. Kind of back and forth with the screen or whatever. Honestly, not for nothing. We need to have an episode devoted to the DS. Maybe before the episode we were talking about before. Like, like oh, yeah. Like a retro yeah, we kind of like kind of go backwards. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Because I'm always about talking about DS recommendations. Yeah, oh, mercy. Good stuff. That's a great idea. All right. What's your final track? All right, I'm hoping I even choose the right one because, again, I picked these tracks weeks ago <laughs> and I wrote down three tracks from this game and I'm assuming that means I like them all, but I don't know which one I like the most. So I'm going to go with the one that seems like it has the coolest name and hope for the best. And this is from the game Slime Sun. The track title is called Slump Town Shuffle and the composer is Misha Perella or Perella or Perea. Depends on how you want to pronounce it. Hmm. Shuffle oh! from the game Slime Song, composed by Misha Perea. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, tell me, tell me about Slime Song because this, this, the composer list on this track, on this game, I mean, is amazing. Slime Song is a weird freaking game. You are a happy slime who was minding his own business when suddenly a weird, ginormous worm eats you, and you're outrunning its digestive juices. Hmm. That is literally the game. You're going through a series of stages where you're trying to get from the beginning to the end of the stage. And it can be like a like a single screen, typically, where you're like, okay, zigzag through here. Or jump to the top of this thing. Or dodge these obstacles. But the entire time, digestive floors are going from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. Sometimes from the bottom to the top or whatever. Hmm. And you have to beat the level before the fluids catch up to you and digest you. Oh, that's cool. It's really tense. It's stressful. Really yeah, fun. I was going to say it sounds fun, but stressful. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an entire game of of like the wall chasing you. Right. Oh, jeez. And honestly, when I played a lot of platforms grump, those were always the most tense and stressful. Levels. Uh, and, and this um just came out two years ago, huh? Did it? Yeah, it's in 2017. I guess so. Like I rem- I didn't remember when it originally released. I remember reviewing the sequel, which was not nearly as good. 
um, was like a sheeple sequel or something. Mm. I mean, you were like this weird, like hopped up sheep who didn't <laughs> like Slime Son. He was, it was so. But uh, but the original Slime Sign I still say is an awesome freaking game with a quality OST. I like and it. And bare, challenging bare bones gameplay, which means when I say bare bones in this context, that's a good thing because they don't have a lot of complicated rules for you right, to it's learn. It's stripped down. Yeah. Right? It's more like it's distilled to like its core like fun things. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like kind of going to love how, like, how Meat Boy could be described. Right. Like you yeah. can jump. You can run. You can wall jump. That's the game. Have fun with that for a bunch of hours, and you will have that fun because they did a great job utilizing it. Mm. So I, when it was time to do the slime tracks, this was an easy pick. Yeah, this track reminds me of um, of Crypt of the Necker Dancer a little bit. I think it's the it's, I think it's the rhythm. It's the, it's the rhythm, and it's the kind of like kind of spooky, scary sound to it. It gives me a chipsel yeah. feel. Chipsel, definitely. Yeah, it's got that punchy. It's a punchy chip tuny sound. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I like I need some more games it, with chips involved. Based on the uh, the artists on the soundtrack, is the whole thing is the whole thing chip tuny? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's cool. It, like, honestly, there, I think there may be a few experimental esque tracks in the game, but for the most part, they're all chippy. They're all splendid, and mm. this is one of those games that I feel like it doesn't get acknowledged often enough. Though I admit, we are also in this weird bath of like saturation of games. Like, was it? friend of mine named Matt recently uh, posted about how he was trying to decide on his top 10 games of the year and top 10 games of the decade, which kind of made me cry because it made me realize that we're actually coming up on the end of the friggin' decade. Oh, that's right. But uh, it got me to wonder, like, what would I consider my top 10 and top 10 you know, for either category? And on one hand, it'd be one thing if I you know just bought games and played them, but now I've been reviewing games and buying games my window of just what exists is so large yeah that the idea of saying choose 10 of those it's got to be the ones it's crippling it's got to be the ones that that stick with you the ones yeah. that really stick with you but that's what makes it more interesting as you get older and your memory slips and you're exposed to tons <laughs> of media right even that's hard like my brain works on like a rolodex where all the info is there but a lot of times someone needs to jog it out like you might name the game and boom file opens up and everything's exposed and now I can talk like crazy but this is one of my favorite games but if it's just like sitting in the chair alone come up with 10 games Mario like Mario <laughs> do you like stuff <laughs> exactly like it's really it's a surprisingly yeah. painful process of yeah. trying to decide on like pull all these games out of your Rolodex to say these are the ones I acknowledge. Yeah, so this is a legitimate project for me to come up with. 2010 to 2020. I couldn't even tell you. Which, Especially oh, since I play games from all over. Well, so. you've got time because we totally have to do an episode like that before the year's up. Oh, wow. Okay, I can do that. Games games that I never played but are probably awesome and my favorites. That would be part of the hilarious part. You'll be like, I've played like five games this decade. Here's ten of them. <laughs> Here's ten of them. My top three are games that I've never touched, <laughs> but I've watched you play, and it looked like it looked like you were having a great time. There you go. There you go. I think this happened a lot. It's like you'll swing by, and like, what are you playing? Like, oh my god, my brain it hurts. It's like, yeah. it's entertaining from this. Yeah, I'll, yeah. From here, it's fine. I'll just hang out and eat your, eat your candy. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, my last track. Um, I, I'm gonna go with this one because it kind of fits with this one. This is from the game World of Goo. Mm. and it is composed by Kyle Gabler, and this track is called My Virtual World of Goo Corporation. 
Corporation. <laughs> All the tracks have really funny names. Um, and this is composed by Kyle Gabler. was My Virtual World of Goo Corporation from the game World of Goo, composed by Kyle Gabler. Um, what do you think, Pernell? That was, that was pretty hefty, right? I think we have to take a pause. Okay, yeah, we can't we can't not talk about this any longer. Yes. Um, we can't. Well, we, anyway, we can't continue the show until this, until this, like, it's off of your chest. Yes, I have to say it. All right, so, so we learned while this track was playing that Fight and Rage... My baby, beat him up. That been champion. Yeah. Rob has been like, oh, like I gotta play. Rob will come over. We talk about like crazy on the show. This is a fantastic beat up. It is apparently finally getting a console release: PS4, Switch, and Xbox mm-hmm. One. You have no excuse yeah. now. A great beat em up with amazing graphics, with an insane combo and move system, mm-hmm. which is you don't see in any other another beat em up, and and it's an incredible soundtrack. By friend of the show, and I can say that. Yes, you uh, can. Gonzalo Varela. Um, and you will adore it. There's not yeah. a dud music track in this entire game. So many styles are covered. Oh, yeah. That's and, that's what's really great about it. It's just all over. Yes. But, like, really, the rock is really good. It's just so good. Like, I'll even go one step further. Get me vilified. I don't care. People have been all gassed up for Streets of Rage 4's mm-hmm. impending release. This game was there. When Streets of Rage 4 was still a secret, and it carried over that 90s beat-em-up vibe, and then enhanced it in a way that when they announced Streets of Rage 4, everybody was like, oh my god, the champion's back. I'm like, meh. Yep. Like, I've got my fix. I don't even care. Like, will I play Streets of Rage 4? Oh, yes. Of course I will. I'm a 90s guy. I like beat-em-ups. But if you're geeked for that, you should be all over this game. I'll say it forever. Because that's just the truth. It's just the truth. So, buy this game because there's no date yet, but I'm assuming it's this year sometime before Christmas. Mm. Bu- buy this game. Do it. Yeah, it's it, there's no date yet, you're saying. Yeah, they just they're just an announcement trailer for Oh, it. that's great. I'm so happy. I really I really am happy for um, uh, everyone involved in that game. And I, I hope that I hope that it gets exposure like like on other mainstream because I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're, I know we're as mainstream as it gets. But like, <laughs> I'm hoping like the little guys on the on the web, you know, what I'm talking about like the little guys, like uh, the little guys, like, like, game, like the developer, like, like GamePro picks it up, you know. Oh yeah, people read like um, Nintendo Power and they pick it up. I really hope, 
I hope Game Informer. I love how you like naming all these like defunct outlets. Though, admittedly, I think they all still have some presence. Like Nintendo Power has a web yeah, presence. No, Game joking. Informer has a dying presence. They just actually lost a ton of people, but they're huh. still kind of crawling along. Yeah, it's. I, I feel like I don't know. I don't know how journalists in any field get. I don't know how they survive. You mean how they should well, probably take up multiple gigs and then yeah, they work pr- side jobs? Well, it's like, well, you know, they, they have a full-time job, and then they also do this. Yeah. Like, but, I, I have trouble picturing any of them doing it full-time, yeah. unless you're, like, maybe doing news journal, in which case you're probably working, mm-hmm. but you're not making a ton, but you, you do it for the, lo- for the love of the job. Yeah. Still. Well, anyway, this track is over. We got that out of the way. <laughs> why, why don't we just jump right into the bonus round? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Bonus round. Uh, the bonus round is the part of our show where we play covers and remixes on our theme. Um, Purnell, what do you think? Huh? I think we got a quality pick in line here. I was I came in mind came with the intention of playing one track and then totally flipped on it. Sorry, track. Maybe it'll be at the <laughs> end of the episode or something. I don't know. But this jam needs to be played on this episode. And it's funny because Rob pointed out this will probably be the first time we picked the cover from a track that was played earlier in the show. Right. And that's what's happening today. This is a cover of my track from Slime Rancher, Those Awful Ravenous Rainbows, done by Billy the Bard 11th. And it is a gem. Yeah, it's really good. Let's get into it. That was fantastic. Wow. I like the fact that it wow. was just enough to give you a feel for how the track could be done. 
but he didn't like go through the process of like replaying all the stuff. It was like, look, here's how I do it. Yeah, it's, it's good. Definitely like a true arrangement, like where it's like he he's rearranged it, mm-hmm. but it it has that sa- it has the same like soul of the original. Yes, it's really cool. These are called like those those demonic ravenous death bows or something. I don't know, <laughs> but. That was the those rav those awful ravenous rainbows metal cover done by Billy the Bard eleventh, and I was very pleased. I had a desire for some metal. I love this track. They wrapped them together, and you got a nice Onigiri rap. It was it was <laughs> delicious. I was happy to hear it. Well, How about you, Ra? Well, what I've got is an actual unused track from an old game. This is boy, this blob. No, this is unused. From the game The Ooze for the Sega Genesis. I remember The Ooze. Yeah, this is called Sound Code Zero Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, found on the cartridge, but not used in the game. From the game The Ooze for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> This is an unused track, sound code 02 from the game The Ooze for the Sega Genesis, composed by Howard Drossen. And I thought this was interesting because, one, it just wasn't used. There's, there's two or three tracks. <laughs> no, my glasses are like slipping eye. off my face. Oh, that right. happens to me. They were giving me like a weird look like, you got to stop the track, Rob. This track is giving me <laughs> a stomach. Um, no, it's, it's interesting to me because... It's not used in the game, but it's so cinematic. It's so cinematic. It sounds like it's the end of the game, or it's like some kind of like weird cutscene. It's but, possible. Maybe they just maybe he just chose a track. Mm-hmm. He composed a track that he felt would work better in that scenario where he would have used this. Yeah, and they were like he just gave them a whole bunch, and they burned them all, but they only used like the other track. But it's it's so cinematic. Like it sounds like I mean, there's like a heartbeat in the beginning. There's like a trumpet. It, there's so much going on here. Well, it's been a while, but yeah. I feel like I remember this game having like sort of comic book style like hmm. stage intros. Yeah, because it was a weird game. This was one of those games that they used to promote Sega Channel as like the place to play games before they release. Because mm-hmm. this was one where it's like, hey, this game will be out for a few months, but you can play it right now on oh. Sega Channel. <laughs> and it was, I'm not sure how I feel about it because. I don't think the game was bad, but it was really tough for me back then, so I didn't stick with it for too long. It was just like you were a man who pretty much fell into like some radioactive gunk and it turned him into like a pile of a literal pile of ooze that could consume things and become a larger pile of ooze. Yeah. So 
the whole point of the game was to get bigger and bigger while not letting yourself be shrunk down by obstacles like by flamethrowers and <laughs> blades and stuff. Yeah. And you're like squirming along the ground. It's a weird style game. Like I, but I liked this was like a This was like an example of like when Sega's like, let's get a little experimental and come up with one of yeah. our patented weird titles that they were known for in the Dreamcast. Mm. But they had a few games like that back in the day too. Like even though Comic Zone, for example, was a beat 'em up. At its, its core, it's it was still no, experimental. Nothing like it. There's still nothing like it. Agreed. Yeah. Like, there's been games that have tried to be like it, mm-hmm. but nothing quite like that. You're literally jumping from panel to panel. Yeah. And there are just scenes where the guys see drawing the enemies in front of you. Like, they, yeah, I really, I still feel, I mean, we're going off topic. Like, we've been doing that all night, but with Comic Zone, it's hard. But it's hard because the controls are rough. But I think the controls are rough because they were doing so much more technically graphically with the game mm-hmm. and animation wise that it made like the, the inputs and everything didn't really match very well. If that were to be made today or ported today, like that would be insanely good. Yes, it yeah. would. They could totally come up with like a cool new comic zone game. I don't even need it to be a sequel. Just make a brand new mm-hmm. game that uses the same concept of guy being thrown into comic book yeah. and evil guy drawing whole, like, enemies. Yeah. Bugs bunny thing going on, you know, where yeah. he's fighting the, uh, the eraser. Um, but no, anyway, the, the the cinematic element of this track, it's really cool to, to hear that style on the Sega Genesis because they don't, it's not using sampled instruments or like recorded instruments. So it's really neat to hear a synthesizer play all of those different instruments and you can still kind of pick them out like what they're supposed to be. Oh yeah. And um, I think that's really fun. So if you want more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the band camps and sound clouds, um, mainly just for uh, the Billy the Bard 11th. Yes. Um, check out his Patreon. Check out all the stuff that he's doing. And we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us on episode 20-1 of Rhythm and Pixels, our first episode of World 20. It's about to get dicey, folks. Yeah, we're getting real weird. I don't care about topics anymore. I don't care about the topic names anymore. Like, we have a topic now, but it's going to be, like, stupid. It's going to be really funny. It's totally slime time. To- slime time. Last one was get organized. You yeah. know, like, I love it. Like, we're just going off the rails immediately. It makes sense. I mean, like, we still haven't doubled back. I mean, like, we could totally, like... Change the name and do like spelunking. I think we did sports games twice, just like sports games. Oh, that makes sense. But like now, usually guesting is when we get like double digits. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm thinking like now it's like we can just do a whole episode on tennis rackets. We could. We could. Racket attack. Racket attack. Actually, that could be the game on the episode and the name of the episode. (laughs) It's a bona fide racket attack. But like, honestly. It feels more. I feel like it's more fun to come up with weird topics yeah, than I think to go so, traditional. Too. Yeah, uh, it's because like you don't. I, I never know what you're gonna pick. What you're gonna pick out, and it's really interesting to hear like your your take on it. And um, and my mine might be a little bit more <laughs> googly searchy. <laughs> <laughs> this topic episode is a googly a googly a googly googly search. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So um, thanks everyone for for hanging out with us here. And um, we have some guests coming up uh, in the next few weeks, actually. So in the, the month of October is mainly where our, our guests are going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited. I don't know if we have a panel yet, but uh, we are going to be at MAGFest in this coming January. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be reprising yeah. my role as the steel gym leader for MAGFest, though 
I need to try to get my butt away from there to hang out with everybody. That's right, because everyone's going to be there. Like, there's going to be a big group of like VGM podcaster family just running around nice. being stupid. Yeah, we're all going to cosplay as um, Homestuck people. I thought we were going to cosplay as oh, game people. No, Homestar people. Oh, just generic adults. You said game people? Game people, generic adult folk. <laughs> there was a. There's this uh there's this web there's this uh, uh, web series on YouTube called Good Game about like a scrappy esports team that's that's trying to rise up in the ranks and they couldn't come up with a name, so they call them sport they call themselves esports people. <laughs> that could actually have like a nice like bit that. of appeal. Like you see them out there trying to beat the big teams, like, come on, you esports people. Yeah, it's it's really funny. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll be there. I'm probably not gonna prob- I said probably not gonna dress up. I have been I have been imagining like if I ever DJ again, I'm gonna dress up as a wizard. Like as I saw a bunch of wizards at Magfest last year. Like just you know why though, right? Like Gandalf style wizard. No, why? It's fun. I so like it. the reason why you saw so many wizards uh-huh. was because Austin of Steel Samurai yeah. and Waz D was trying to go for a Guinness World Record for the most wizards in <laughs> one location. So they put out the call. That was for Austin. It. Yeah, that's so funny. They got a ton, a ton of people to dress up as wizards, and then Steel Samurai played an awesome set. Yeah, and then they actually had a Guinness Book of World Records efficient efficient show up to confirm the count. Count the wizards. And once they got the no number, he announced it on the on the microphone like we've broken the record for most wizards in one room. <laughs> which, for the record, in and of itself, I was baffled. That was a record that not only existed but needed to be broken. <laughs> I assume they were going to set it as a record okay, to do, exist. Do you know what the record was? Oh God, prior? no! Was it just any number? Like was a, enough for me. It's like a grade school like like Halloween costume contest. That's probably what it originally yeah. was too. Yeah. But like no one's topping it now. <laughs> Who's going to do it? Like the oh, biggest man. video game convention, or maybe one of them. It's hard. To, I'm not sure if Pax ever topped it or not. Well, but. I was. I remember. Um, I was waiting for you, and I was like, I was. I was tired after walking around all day, and so I was hanging out in the um, in the hallway, and there was a DJ playing in the hallway, which I thought was awesome because mm-hmm. like they kind of kept like the vibe going, and everyone's just sort of dancing and hanging around. And so I was listening, and then I look over, and I see a guy with this huge beard and like a giant staff, and he just looks at me and nods. He's like, <laughs> yeah, "I see you." And then I look over to my right, and I see another one. And he just nods at me. I'm like, it's "Magic." All I can think is something is happening right now. But like, it's a magical moment. But when I turned around, they were gone. So I'm like, "Okay, I guess people are just dressed up as like Gandalf or you know, just like just general wizards." But it was a thing. vanish on themselves. Oh, that's so funny. I'm so happy that's a that was actually a thing. Yeah, they do some yeah. weird stuff there, but it's nice in and of itself. Like there's uh, there are certain things about the show that drives me nuts, like the fact that they still do the Colossus Roar. Oh, yeah, God, it's like I understand that it has a place, but oh God, it got annoying. Yeah, I would do a scratch routine with the Colossus Roar just to just to do it. Come on with something new, <laughs> like the I don't know the uh, oh um uh, Mega Man saying Tornado Hororo. Yeah, something like that or the. I don't know something. Or that guy from Katamari. When you pick him up, he goes din 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 din. <laughs> so I would take that. I like him. I'd take that. Those are, all, are a whole bunch of inside jokes that me and Pernell have. That's right. But yeah. they could become mag inside jokes. Welcome to our podcast. Two hundred <laughs> episodes of inside jokes. Um, not not really though. No. Anyway, so if you want to get in contact with us, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail And if you would like more. Um, information about our show uh full track listings of all the episodes and access to all of our episodes check out the website rhythmandpixels.com and you can also check us out on 
um, social media, which is the uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And you can uh, also say hi to us in our Facebook group, Rhythm and Pixels Chat. And if you would like to support the show, um, just share it with people. Just tell people about it. Or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and you can help us out that way. And by being a Patreon member, you get access to a live stream of us recording the show once a month, which is always actually really fun. It is a good time. time. And that is happening this week. So um, that is this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. That's going to be September the 26th. It's, It's always, it's usually... Almost always the last Thursday of every month. Is yeah, I wonder if I should. Maybe now I'm wondering if I should still work out before coming here for that. <laughs> I'm like covered in freaking sweat puddles. But that's part of the fun. That's what it means to do it live. That's what it means. I mean, if you want to get it in, you can get it in. But um, but yeah. So that is happening this week. We also take uh, track suggestions from the listeners. So listeners and Patreon members, um, send in your tracks. If you want to write in, write a little something about it, about what the track means to you or something about the game that uh, that means a lot to you. We will read them on the air as well. And that is our um, that is our tip of the hat to the, the late, great podcast, BGM Jukebox, which and I'd miss. I very much so do as well. Like It yeah. was a nice touch to get people to kind of just kind of share their mm-hmm. thoughts more and become more become closer with the actual listeners themselves. There's something cool about that. To be like, hey, yeah. this guy listen, mm-hmm. he has feelings about this, and we'll talk about it. We want to share them with other people because they just shows they wanted to share it with us. It's just nice. I like that. And I also liked Emily and Josh. And they were they had really pleasant voices and they would go off on these crazy tangents. And they had a jukebox. And they had a they had a haunted jukebox. And they had a weird lore system. Like Emily is obsessed with cooking. Really deep deep lore that they would just make up on the spot. And I, I swear she's got like a, like a notebook somewhere of like every little story bit that they did so they could stay like in canon. <laughs> <laughs> they have to remember all of Cookie's favorite recipes. Yeah. I mean, I still love this. Like Cookie is like, wait, so what is Cookie? It's like, it's a dry bone. Like, wait, wait, Cookie, dry a Cookie? From Super Mario 3, his name is Cookie. They had one named Cookie. Her name is Cookie. Um, but yeah, so anyway, patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. Go there. And you can help us out. We also thank you all at the end of every episode. And we thank them in the order of how much we like you. No. We thank you in this order. That Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Schenstrom, Bobby Arson, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version podcast, Brian Pitt, Chris Marie, what's going on? And new patron, Davy Cakes. Davy Cakes. Davy Cakes is his name. That's a cool name. At least that's what's on my list. Well, that's got to be true then. Thank you. Also, another fairly recent subscriber. Thank you. The Dude or Duderino or, you know, just Super Dude. What's up, dude? Oh, super. Now I'm thinking about The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the name of my Charmander for my first Pokemon Red. <laughs> super Dude. I called him Super Dude, and I kept him forever. Um, uh, thank you, Martin Arginius, uh, The Last Regan, Jupiter Jazz, Solus Sanctuary, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasallo, Chris Steenerson, Alex The Messenger Messenger, patron saint of all VGM podcasts, and David Smith. Thank you all very, very much for your continued support of our show. We both 
Really appreciate it. Very much so. Thank you, Coindly. Thank you so much. And um, so, yeah, that's right. Next week's the Patreon episode. That's I'm, I'm really excited about that. I mean, if we can yeah. breathe and come up with some more topics, we get yeah. a little wiggle room. Yeah, we I'll already be, have at least two or three lined up. Oh, man, it's getting dicey. Yeah, I'll be traveling, so... Um, You'll be you'll be out of out of state, just like eating food at a restaurant. I was like I got it. So if you're listening to this right now and you're in the downtown Austin area, yeah, cool. I'll I'll, I'll find you. No, he won't find you. You have to find him. If you walk around with a boombox playing the Rye Star soundtrack, he'll be there. I'll find you. I'm gonna say <laughs> Rob will be there <laughs> like a beacon. I'm gonna drop everything I'm doing for the day. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that World 3-2? Is that Splashdown by Tomoko Sasaki? Yes. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Rhythm and Pixels podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Uh, thanks for listening, and have a safe week. And remember, exercise is paramount. It is something that I never thought I'd really be pushing people to do. I'm still not the type to go out and do it for quote-unquote fun. But I can honestly say that I'm finally noticing some stuff from it. It works. Mm. It's pretty cool. And it works best when you work yourself so hard that your limbs turn to goo. And you're wondering how the heck you got to that point in the first place. But that's like pushing your limits to a certain point. And don't get me wrong. I'm not out here like doing the screams in the gym and like bench pressing man Buicks. that's the best part doing the screams yeah but then people are looking at you like you're weird and you're disturbing their flow and... if you're not working on your screams you're doing something wrong should i be colossus roaring them or something uh, maybe i mean I, i'm not telling you how to do the scream <laughs> but like if you do screams good now like you know then next 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 week you maybe you can do two reps of screams and then you work on three reps of screams that sounds like a halloween spooky thing <laughs> but basically get to the point where you want to get to the point where you're able to do the, the goo workout but if you're not at that point yet just do anything whatever it takes to get started to get moving because you got to start somewhere and once you start it you'll just keep going and get better and better and the next thing you know you're burning 3,000 calories in two hours it's just it's worth it and you'll be glad you started and then maybe you'll be out to outrun a rabbit pit bull I wouldn't want it to be rabbit. Pitbulls are adorable. But if it was a rabid one, you want to be able to run that jerk. So get in shape. Or drive for it. I'll stop breathing. <laughs>